Section 11 of The Elements of Botany. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Cataclyc. The Elements of Botany by William Rushenberger. Lesson 6, Part 4. Diclinus Dicotyledons. Footnote. Diclinus, from the Greek dis, to, and kline, bed. This term is applied to plants in which the sexual organs exist separately in different flowers, that is, not having both sexes in the same flower, being unisexual. End footnote. This fourth division of the dicotyledons is composed in the method of Yusso, of plants, the flowers of which are truly unisexual and diclinous, that is, the two sexes are not found in the same individual, but it is not very natural, and is not adopted by the majority of the botanists of the present day. In this division we place the Euphorbiaceae, the Cupriliferae, or Armentaceae, the Urticeae, the Coniferae, etc. The family of Urticeae is composed of plants both herbaceous and ligneous, the juices of which are often milky. The flowers are apetalous, joined in a catkin, or enclosed in a fleshy involucre, and have hypogenous stamens. The fruit is composed of a crustaceous achenium, enveloped by the calyx or involucre. We place in this family the hop, Humulus lupulus, which is valued in brewing for the bitter quality of its strobili or cones. The banyan tree, Ficus religiosa, the fig, Ficus carica, nettle, Urtica dioica, the well-known plant which furnishes hemp, Cannabis sativa, mulberry, Morus nigra, the bark of the Morris papyrifera furnishes the paper of the Chinese, the breadfruit tree, Artocarpus incisa, the elm, etc., the hemp, Cannabis sativa, belongs to the family of Urticeae. It is a herbaceous, diaceous plant, the male flowers of which are arranged in axillary and terminal panicles, and the female flowers are sessile in the axils of the superior ramuscles. These flowers have a single envelope which takes the place of calyx and corolla. It is entire, oblong or conical, and in the female flowers laterally cleft, while in the male it presents five oblong and slightly concave parts. We know but one species of this genus. Its straight, quadrangular stem rises from five to six feet high. The leaves are digited, acuminate and dentate, at the base of the stem, opposite and alternate above. In this plant, as well as almost all of the diaceae, the males are not so tall as the females, and through a singular error, they are always regarded by the ignorant as the female, and vice versa. Hemp is originally from Persia, and has been as long in use as flax. It is cultivated in great quantity in different parts of Europe, and even grows there spontaneously. It is sown in the month of June in very rich soil. The female plants, which ripen later than the male, are chiefly cultivated for the seed from which an oil is obtained, for burning in France, for eating in Russia, 
and painting in England. Within a few years, hemp has been cultivated in the United States. It is manufactured into ropes for rigging ships, etc. The elm is also a plant of the family of Orticiae. Its flowers, which are hermaphrodite, are very small and united in clusters at the upper part of the ramifications of the stem. They expand before the leaves, which are simple and alternate. This tree is indigenous in France and acquires a great size. It is frequently employed in forming shady avenues, and its wood is useful. The breadfruit of the South Sea Islands bears a pulpy fruit, which, when gathered before being ripe, is roasted. It tastes like bread made from wheat flour and potatoes. The inhabitants of Tahiti and the adjacent islands feed upon it nearly throughout the year. The family of Cupuliferae, or Amentaceae, contains several of our most important forest trees, such as the oak, beech, and chestnut. It is composed of trees with simple, alternate leaves. The male flowers are arranged in cylindrical and scaly catkins, and the female flowers are generally axillary and entirely or in part covered by a scaly cupule. The fruit is always a gland, which is commonly unilocular, and always accompanied by a cupule. There are several species of oaks known. The common or red oak is a magnificent tree, which grows to a height of sixty or seventy feet. The leaves are laterally incised into obtuse lobes, and almost always regularly opposite. The male flowers form long, slender catkins at the upper part of the young branches, and the female flowers are sessile, and grouped in the axils of the upper leaves. This tree grows slowly, but lives for a long time. It rarely begins to bear glands, acorns, at an early age, but does not cease to grow till the end of three or four centuries. Its wood is very valuable on account of its hardness and durability and is used for framework in building. Its bark, which is very astringent, is also very useful because it serves to make tan, a substance by means of which skins are tanned and form leather. Nutgalls, which are employed for making ink and for dyeing black, are excrescences produced by the sting or puncture of a little insect on the branches of a species of oaks in Asia Minor. The home oak, or evergreen oak, which abounds in the south of Europe, has dentate leaves, which remain throughout the winter. The same is true of another species of this genus, known as the cork tree, because it furnishes cork. This substance, which is spongy and elastic, is the herbaceous layer of the bark, which is removed from the tree every eight or ten years. There are a great many of these trees in Spain, and also in the south of France, the outer bark is the cork, but there is an interior bark which is left on to protect the tree, so that stripping off the outer bark is so far from injuring the trees that it is necessary for their continuation. Trees that are never barked are said to die at the end of fifty or sixty years. The bark is removed for the first time when the tree is about fifteen years old. It is taken off in sheets, and after being detached, it is flattened, by presenting the convex side to heat, or by pressure. In either case it is charred, slightly burned, on both surfaces to close the transverse pores previously to be sold. 
the carbonized surface produced by this charring may be seen in bunks for casks but not in corks which being cut in the lengthway of the bark the charring is taken off in the rounding the live oak quercus virans grows to the height of forty or fifty feet spreading its branches when in open places extremely wide it yields the finest and most durable ship timber of any species known for which reason it is considered one of the most valuable trees in the united states it is chiefly found in florida and the southern states the chestnuts castania form another genus of the same family as the preceding the fruit is a species of nut with a single cell which encloses two or three seeds containing a good deal of fecula and is entirely enveloped by the cupule the surface of which is studded with sharp points the common chestnut is a large beautiful tree which grows spontaneously in the forests nearly throughout europe and different parts of north america it sometimes acquires an enormous size there is one on mount etna said to be one hundred and ten feet in circumference it is hollow and a little house has been built in its interior with a hearth where they cook chestnuts which are often gathered from the tree itself in Cévennes, limousin and some other parts of france the peasants live almost exclusively on chestnuts the wood is used in building it is extremely durable and in high esteem for posts and rails to construct fences the chinka pin nut castania pumila is a small tree or rather a shrub growing to the height of thirty feet in the southern states but scarcely exceeding seven or eight in cold latitudes the fruit is very sweet and agreeable to eat the yoke elm also belongs to the family of cupuliferae the male and female flowers are arranged in catkins composed of imbricated scales it is a tree easily shaped by trimming and for this reason is often employed in europe for hedges it sometimes rises to fifty or sixty feet in height and its wood which is very hard is much used by wheelwrights and for fuel a great many of european forests are formed of trees of the family of coniferae which is placed in the class of diclinae alongside of the cupuliferae they are generally designated under the title of evergreens and resinous trees because they preserve their leaves through the winter and because their wood contains a great quantity of resin commonly called rosin almost all of them have stiff linear coriaceous leaves their flowers are unisexual and arranged in cones of catkins which are ordinarily scaly and generally the fruit also is a scaly cone fir trees and pines are types of this family these two genera are distinguished from each other by their aspect by their leaves which are solitary on the fir tree and united in fasciculi or bunches of two to five on the pines by the male flowers the catkins of which are isolated and solitary on the pines and united and grouped on the fir tree and by several other characteristics both delight in mountainous regions and on sandy plains pines abound especially in the north where they form forests of vast extent the stem is straight and their height frequently colossal a great many species are known the jersey pine pitch or scrub pine is of middle size straggling growth and full of resin 
its branches are tougher than those of any other pine and might be used for many purposes if its wood were not subject to so early a decay the pitch pine is generally known in its native country by the name of norway pine sometimes particularly among the canadian french red pine it grows in close forests is very tall and its bark remarkably smooth and red the timber is very heavy for which reason it is rejected for masts though its shape and size appear to recommend it for that purpose the yellow pine is most in use for building houses as well as shipping the loblolly or old field pine is found in large tracts in the southern states all the woods seem to be filled with its seeds for when any piece of clear land is neglected for any space of time it will be covered by these pines it is difficult and in some cases almost impracticable to recover land so run over as the ground appears to have lost all fertile properties for other vegetation the long-leaved yellow pitch or brown pine is a beautiful as well as a very useful tree the white or weymouth pine grows in the state of vermont to an enormous size it is the best timber in america for masts turpentine raisin tar and pitch are the products of several species of pines and are exported in large quantities from the united states the common fir is found in the same countries as the wild pine larch and cedar are very analogous to the fir tree of the uses of plants from the short sketch we have just given of the vegetable kingdom we see how many important and varied services are rendered to us by plants either directly or indirectly all animals are nourished by plants indeed there is an immense number of animated beings that eat nothing but vegetable substances and those that feed upon meat would not find sufficient food unless they devoured each other without destroying those that are maintained on vegetable food exclusively there is scarcely a plant that does not nourish some animal almost all insects for example live either in a perfect or in the larva state at the expense of the plant upon which they are habitually found and even in the highest classes of the animal kingdom the number of vitivorous species is immense footnote vitivorous from the greek phuton plant and voro i eat plant eating and footnote for the quadrumana the gnorus the pachyderms and the ruminants all observe a vegetable diet footnotes quadrumana from the latin quadrinus formed from quattro four and manus hand having four hands pachyderm from the greek pacus thick and derma skin and footnotes and man himself derives most of his food from the vegetable kingdom among the most important alimentary plants the first are the cereals under this name we designate plants of the family of grasses which afford nourishment to men and most domestic animals namely wheat rye barley oats maize and rice there is in the interior of their seed betwixt the spermaderm and the embryo a considerable deposit of amylaceous matter footnote 
Amelasius, from the Latin Amilum, starch, starchy. And footnote. Designed to nourish the young plant, and designated by botanists under the name of albumen or perisperm. It is this matter we use for food. We have already studied the history of these plants, consequently it is useless to repeat it. We will, however, add here that the perisperm of the cereals, and consequently the flour obtained by grinding them, is essentially composed of fecula, or starch, ordinarily mixed with a certain quantity of a substance named gluten, which considerably resembles animal matter. Wheat flour contains more gluten than any other, and for this reason it makes better bread and is more nutritious. Rye also contains it, but there is none in rice, oats, etc. Other plants also furnish abundance of fecula, but not from the same part as in those mentioned. Sometimes it is in the cotyledons of the seed, sometimes in tubercles, and at other times in the very substance of the stems or roots. Thus, peas and beans, and some other plants of the family of leguminosae, furnish edible seeds, the cotyledons of which contain the same as the albumen of the cereals, a great deal of fecula, and a certain quantity of gluten mixed with sugar, and some other matters. Whatever part this fecula may occupy, it in general constitutes, as in the pericarp of the cereals, depositories of nutritive matter for the nourishment of the young plant or of new shoots. The tuber of the potato owe their nutritious qualities to the quantity of fecula they contain. The same is true of batatas, the Spanish or sweet potato, a species of convolvulus, originally from India, which is now cultivated in all warm regions in the world. Footnote. Batatas is either a Malay or Mexican word. The plant is a native of both the East and West Indies and China. It was first carried to Spain from the West Indies and annually imported into England and sold as a delicacy. It is the potato of Shakespeare and his contemporaries, the common or Irish potato being then scarcely known in Europe. End footnote. The species of fecula known under the name of cassava or tapioca, of which great use is made in the West Indies, is derived from the root of the manioc, a plant of the family of the Euphorbiaceae, which also contains a very poisonous juice that is separated by means of water. Sago is another species of fecula obtained from the stem of a palm, and salep is also a fecula obtained from the stem of a monocotyledonous plant of the family of Orchideae. The most esteemed of our fruits, the majority of them at least, are furnished by the family of Rosaceae, for example apples, pears, plums, cherries, peaches, apricots, strawberries, raspberries, and to complete the list of fruit trees we must not omit the mention of some species of the family of Ampelidae, and the family of Aurantiaceae, namely the vine, the orange, and citron. Plants furnish us not only with wholesome and agreeable food, but also substances which are the greatest utility in the manufacture of clothing and in the construction of our dwellings. Hemp, flax, and cotton yield us long, flexible filaments, which constitute excellent materials for spinning and weaving. 
and our forest trees, almost all of which belong to the family of cupuliferae, or that of the coniferae, furnish abundance of wood for building our houses and ships, as well as for the manufacture of furniture and instruments of various kinds. Ornamental plants which decorate our gardens and conservatories are very numerous. They are furnished by very various families, in the front rank of which we may place the rosaceae, because it has for its type one of our most beautiful flowers, the rose. Many species and varieties of rose trees are known, and almost all of them may be cultivated in the open air in our climate. They flourish best in a light soil and partial exposure to the sun. In the wild state, they have but five petals, in the midst of which we observe a great number of stamens. But cultivation has transformed most of these latter organs into petals and enhanced the beauty of the flowers. The dahlia, which was for some years so rare, but now everywhere met in gardens, belongs to the family of Cynantherae. This beautiful herbaceous plant has a perennial root composed of bundles of horizontal oblong tubercles from which rises a cylindrical branching stem bearing opposite leaves and large flowers which appear from the end of July till the approach of frost. The dahlia may be multiplied by its seeds or by the division of its roots. The genus Aster, which comprises a great number of beautiful autumnal flowers, including the Queen Margaret, which was imported from China into Europe about a hundred years ago, also belongs to the family of Cynantherae. The family of Caryophyllae presents our garden with different species of carnations or pinks, known under the name of common pink, china pink, etc. The family of Leguminosae gives us Acacia, the sweet pea, etc. We have seen that a great many plants afford to man wholesome and abundant food, that others are violent poisons to him, but very many even of the latter are useful, because when prudently administered they constitute powerful medicines. A great number of plants of the family of Solanae are of this kind, for example, belladonna, henbane, stramonium, tobacco, some species of the family of Papaveraceae, such as the poppies, and hemlock, which belongs to the umbelliferae, etc., etc. In our citation of poisonous plants, we must not omit the mushrooms, the history of which we have already given. End of Lesson 6 Recording by Kattekliek End of The Elements of Botany by William Rushenberger.